Welcome to our show, Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a psychotherapist and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. Each week, I'm joined by another therapist from the Anchor Light team to tackle important topics in mental health and psychotherapy. Our goal is to promote well-being by normalizing mental health challenges. We are here holding ground for you every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. Good morning. You're listening to Holding Ground here on KKNW, the show that gives you a little bit of everything in the world of therapy and positive mental health. I am your host, Laura Richer. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And today I am speaking with one of Anchor Light Therapy's own therapists, Ashlyn Graff. Ashlyn is a licensed mental health counseling associate who works with teens, individuals, and couples. She has a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. And prior to joining us here at Anchor Light, she worked with clients in in a community mental health setting. Ashlyn, thanks for joining us today. We're going to be uh, tackling a very important topic, and that is how to get started when you're feeling depressed. Yeah, yeah. uh, Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So, Sometimes I know, and I know you've worked with uh, many clients who are dealing with depression and sometimes people don't even recognize that they're depressed. They might think that they're unmotivated or lazy. So maybe you could just tell some of our listeners what they might be uh, experiencing if they're feeling depressed or are depressed. Yeah. um, So there are different types of depression. There's different presentations of depression. Um, Sometimes depression can look like that crying every day, being objectively sad all the time. Other times it can kind of just feel like being blank um, and like you're not looking forward to anything. You're just not happy or feel like almost devoid of emotion. Um, Other signs or symptoms of depression could be a loss of energy, um, weight gain or loss, um, could be, sorry, um, loss of interest in like things that you really used to enjoy, um, lack of like reaching out for social support. That's less of a symptom, but something that does end up happening. Mm. Um, so those are a few like signs and symptoms. And so with all of that being said, that does make it difficult. All of those things that you described make it difficult to actually take some of the steps that we need to take if we want to address depression and start feeling better. So I know you have some great tips for ways that people, when they are feeling depressed, can just go ahead and get started and moving in the right direction. Um, So what what would you suggest first? Uh, One of my first suggestions is to start with low effort tasks. Um, And by doing this, when you're depressed, you're meeting yourself where you're at and you're setting yourself up for success. Um, So like on those days when changing a car tire might feel really impossible, but ordering the parts feels like it is possible um, or something that you can manage, um, you give yourself the ability to succeed. And when you succeed in one thing, it often builds momentum to keep going. I love that. And sometimes those tasks, as small as they might seem, will will help you get some positive momentum. So even if it's just putting your dishes in the dishwasher, that maybe seems relatively, you know, an uneventful thing to accomplish, it can actually move you in the right direction, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. So what are some other things that that clients could maybe consider if they're, um, or clients, people who are dealing with depression uh, and they want to get started, but they're just having trouble uh, moving in the right direction. What are some other things that they could try? 
I really like the idea of life hacks. <laughs> um, so if you can make a task easier, particularly when you're depressed, then there's no reason shouldn't that you should not do that. Um, so if like ordering dinners pre-prepared makes it so that you actually eat, then that's still better than not eating. Um, if you find cutting fruit is daunting, then bite into the whole apple or get fruit that's pre-cut. Pre and like on days that showering feels impossible, um, deodorant and dry shampoo can go a long way. So just like finding these little ways to like make things easier. Yeah. So you don't feel so overwhelmed. Yeah. And so do you have any examples of, of clients that you've worked with that have been maybe experiencing a significant depressive episode and some of these life hacks have helped them? Yeah, definitely. Um, I worked with a guy um, a while ago that was going through a pretty bad depression and there was also some ADHD in the mix, mm. um, which made getting things done very challenging for him. Um, so we kind of planned out like, what are things that like could make your life easier? And some of those items were like trying to figure, well, I guess this isn't necessarily a life hack, but it could be of like trying to figure out like where he could get support from his partner and trying to figure out like, okay, like if I'm already out, then I'm more likely to go to the grocery store, but I know for a fact that I'm not going to go to the grocery store if I'm just at home and I'm going to take a trip there. So he would kind of like trick his brain into being like, oh, well, I'm already out. I have to do it um, on his way to his appointments with me. <laughs> Very cool. So just finding ways that will support him and following through with the, with the things that he really truly was desiring to doing, but was having a hard time finding the energy get to get there. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Okay. So, so far, if you are having trouble getting started because you're feeling depressed, you can start with low effort tasks. Just just do a little something to, to get some forward momentum going. You can figure out different life hacks to make life a little bit easier so that you can, can just get started and move forward. What's next on the list? Uh, so this is a quote that I found a few years ago that I love. Um, it's like at first glance, people are kind of like, huh? Um, but I really like this idea of anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Mm. Um, it's something I found on the internet from an anonymous <laughs> sort that really shifted my perceptions on coping with depression. Yeah. Um, it's like that idea that going for a walk for five minutes is better than not walking at all. Mm -hmm. Getting a C on a paper that you spent 20 minutes on is better than not doing the assignment at all. Um, playing your ukulele for 10 minutes still better than not playing it at all. So like, Self-care isn't something that's graded and something is almost always better than nothing. Yeah, I love that. So again, this idea of just getting started, not <laughs> overwhelming yourself with it needing to be perfect or a big event, just doing it. Yeah, and also like recognizing that like you're not gonna do everything perfectly and that's okay. Yeah, and that's really good advice for even when you're not depressed that sometimes you just have to get started. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so what is next on the list? Uh, I think something that can be really important that tends to be like hard for people, especially in like American society, because we're very independent, is asking for help. Um, you don't have to go through your life alone and it's okay to ask for help with things that you're struggling with, whether that's like helping, asking for help with tasks around the house um, or asking for like professional help with therapy or medications. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's it's human nature to need other people and it's human nature to 
lean on other people to help you um, when you're struggling and you're not being a burden. You're just being a human with human needs. Yeah. And a lot of people are struggling right now. And we're really seeing that, you know, the the world has been especially challenging the past couple of years. And we're really yes. seeing that for those of us who work in mental health, that a lot more people are reaching out and asking for help. And that I think seems really positive that there's a little, there's a shift in mindset that people feel comfortable saying, Hey, I'm having a hard time. I, I maybe I could benefit from somebody else helping me. Um, so if somebody does want to reach out, especially for therapy, what, are, what, how could therapy maybe help them when they, when they're having trouble working through depression and maybe just working on it on their own is not getting them there? Um, so there's many different types of therapy, as you know, I think with me, I often work with like cognitive behavioral therapy. So that really looks at like traps that we get into with our mind, our belief systems, um, and how they kind of further perpetuate those depressive beliefs of maybe thinking that you're not good enough or you don't do things well, um, things that just kind of like bring the cycle in further. Um, I think readdressing those and looking at like, are those realistic? Are they true? Do you have any evidence to show that they're true? Because oftentimes you don't, and people just yeah. tend to be really harsh on themselves when particularly when they have depression, because like that is the cycle that happens when your brain doesn't have serotonin. Yeah. Um, so, so really digging into that. Um, so that's one way that that depression can be helped, but I think that therapy in general can help in a multitude of ways, just having somebody there to support you and go through your journey with you. Um, it, it can be pretty amazing. Absolutely. And give you, I mean, you brought up cognitive behavioral therapy, which is, can be really helpful for people who are experiencing depression because it asks you to challenge some of the negative beliefs that are, are contributing to that. And a lot of times people, you know, they, they, what they really need is to reach out for help, but they want to pull back because they feel shame and that they're really investing in some of these negative belief patterns and, and cognitive behavioral therapy could really help you challenge some of those thoughts because they're usually not true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that shame that you're talking about, like we would conceptualize that as a core belief. Um, so this idea that asking for help is shameful. It's like, where did that belief come from? Yeah. Um, and how has that been like <laughs> perpetuated in, in your life or your culture? Um, and is it serving you? Do you, a lot of times people will come to therapy and they feel a little bit hesitant because they feel like they're going to be forced to take medication or they're going to be forced to talk about things from the past that maybe they don't really want to talk about. Are, are Do people have to take a medication or, or how do you start with somebody who's experiencing a depressive episode? What kind of recommendations would you make? I would certainly say I would never force anybody to do anything they didn't want to <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> um, That's but... sometimes people are scared. They don't know. So I'm glad that you point that out. We don't force you to do anything you don't want to do. We're here to support you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's really just about like meeting people with where they're at. Like sometimes you come in with people who are really interested in learning about medication, but they don't know what the options are. They don't know what the side effects are. So I think like having an open dialogue about some of the, like the benefits of medication versus like the, the drawbacks of medication. Cause there really are some pros and cons and that's, yeah. that's okay. That like, that's with everything in life. Um, but also I think like 
autonomy is really important. So like not moving people at a pace that is further than they're willing to go. I think that medication is super valid and it can help a lot of people, but not taking it is also super valid and Mm -hmm. therapy can also help a lot of people. So it really just depends. Yeah. And hopefully your therapist is going to work with you to find the, the solution that best fits whatever you need. So there's no one size fit, fits all. Bet- medication can be super vet- beneficial for some people and other people. That's not the path they want to go down and, and therapy can be really effective. Yeah, exactly. So what do we have next on our list here for people who just want to get started when they're struggling with depression? <laughs> I I like the phrase, like, think Nike and just do it, Um, which like at first glance, um, obviously just doing it is not always easy, especially when you have depression, but allowing yourself to go on autopilot and just do it can be the best way to realize that like a really scary or daunting task is not nearly as bad as your brain made it seem. Um, Because a lot of times you think like making that phone call is just going to be the worst thing in the world, (laughs) Um, but just doing it, you're like, oh. I'm actually here and alive and okay. Um, there are going to be days when like the idea of going to the gym isn't fun, but then you finish it because you did it and you feel like maybe a little bit good afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so from like a more clinical perspective uh, with that same idea, like our brains have neuroplasticity. That means that we're constantly creating new neural pathways when we learn. And oftentimes learning that you can do things especially when you feel like you can't, is just like other types of learning. It just takes time and practice. I love that. So what are some examples for, have you, do you have any clients that you've worked with that just, even though they still didn't feel good? Because I think sometimes we feel like I have to be in a better place before I can re-engage with life. I think some, what we talked about earlier, that there might be some shame about being depressed or there could be some judgment around it that I'm just being lazy or, or, um, not good enough or whatever comes up and that, that can keep people from getting started. So do you have any good examples of people who just did it and were able to move forward? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that thing that you're talking about, that's a trap. (laughs) We put ourselves in that (laughs) trap. Um, but, but yeah, I do. Um, I worked with a woman who had a lot of anxiety about going back to school and like was in a very depressed place as well. Um, And she was going through the pros and cons, talking about school constantly. And when I'd be like, oh, when is this happening? Another month, another month, another month. And I eventually just kind of said to her, like, you're never going to be ready for this. Um, But does that mean that like you shouldn't do it? And she just kind of was taken aback. And she's like, what? Because sometimes in life, like you're not ready. And and sometimes that's okay. Uh, Yeah. Just pushing yourself to get started again that overall theme, um, tends to give us the readiness we need. And I love really getting that message out there that you probably aren't going to feel ready. If you're feeling, especially if you're feeling depressed, it's in the doing of things and moving forward that you're going to start feeling better. So not vice versa. So waiting to feel better before you do it, it's going to be another month before you register for school or go to the gym or clean your apartment. Cause it's always going to feel overwhelming until you get started. Yeah. And she, she graduated. <laughs> so that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> so she couldn't even barely register. And once she got herself in there, she went all the way through. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think that that's usually 
how that story goes, that we never feel totally prepared. And again, especially when you're struggling with depression and feeling down, um, it maybe feels like you can't get started or what you're wanting to contribute is too minor that you need to be in a better space to do more. And that just isn't true. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I kind of like to think of like the brain as a separate entity with folks with depression. I'm like, your brain is really bullying you right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just going to take that. <laughs> yeah. What are some of those thoughts that you see come up in clients who are depressed? Do you notice any uh, patterns that people invest in that maybe you try to break them down in cognitive behavioral therapy that are repetitive thoughts that are really bullying them? Um, yeah. So I would say that it really depends on their their core belief system, um, how they were raised. I think for a lot of people, messages that they hear growing up tend to feed into that belief system. So I I hear a lot of stuff about like um, gaining weight is bad is one example. So like people who gain weight, like tend to have a really hard time with that when they grew up with this idea that like having fat on your body is a bad thing. There's also a lot of like, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Um, There's beliefs around not feeling smart, beliefs around Mm. not feeling capable. Um, Those are some some of the really common ones. Maybe like I can't be loved. Um, They're really sad things when I say them out loud. Yeah. Yeah, of course we would feel depressed if we were really invested in those thoughts. And it's also very human to have all of those thoughts. Anyone can encounter those things. So what are some of the the things when people really are having a hard time getting their focus off of that? What are some things they can do to redirect? What are some questions they can ask or, um, yeah. I, I think like even just starting to look at the idea of reframing and like this idea that your beliefs, while they're your beliefs, might not always be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and like potentially finding some reframing. So for like the first example that I had given about like gaining weight, something that I'd like explore with um, girls often um, yeah. would be like, do you have any like people that you follow on Instagram that are your size that like you think look really good? And they're like, well, yeah, this person and this person. And I'm like, well, there you go. Like, like, I, you're probably being harsher on yourself than you would be on those people that you say look like you. Yeah. Um, so like, that's one example um, with like, I'm not good enough or nobody loves me. It, it's kind of that like, okay, well, like, what about that best friend that you talked about last week? Do they love you? Well, yeah, they don't count. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but kind of trying to find that proof there of like, okay, like, is everything that you're saying true in your brain or can the brain maybe lie to you sometimes and not be so nice? (laughs) Right. And that's a great point of kind of the catastrophizing mindset that could happen for somebody that is depressed and, you know, nobody loves me except for my family and my best friend and um, all of these people in my life. But really maybe there's one person who's rejected me, my, my uh, date no showed me or, or something. and, And I'm going to this very negative space investing in this thought of nobody loves me when in fact, when you redirect and, and focus somewhere, you know, on what else is actually happening, that's probably very rarely true. Exactly. And I've had, um, I've had a client, I remember like say like, oh, I felt really good to think about all of the people that love me. Cause like, yeah, brains aren't some, when you're depressed, it doesn't work that way. And it takes a little bit more work to remember that. Right. 
And the other thing that you brought up around gaining weight, and there's a lot of body shame and women, especially and girls uh, get a lot of messages around what their bodies should look like. Um, and we can start to tell ourselves very interesting stories about that. I had a client who wanted a relationship and she wanted to date but she had to lose 10 pounds before she started dating that there it was she, she couldn't even fathom the idea that she would put herself out there at all because this 10 pounds was the barrier to taking that next step but it was do it was kind of what you mentioned before the like just do it that was the th- that was the thought that was keeping her from just doing what she really wanted to do yeah yeah definitely and 10 pounds has never stopped anyone from dating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what is next on our list? And I'm just going to recap really quick. So if you're feeling depressed, you're having trouble getting started, start with low effort tasks. Just, you know, start where you are. Little things can create positive momentum. Give yourself like facts and don't overwhelm yourself. Make life easier. Um, do things that support you while you're trying to get started. Your quote, I love anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Again, just getting started. It doesn't have to be perfect. Definitely ask for help. When you're feeling depressed, you don't want to isolate yourself. That's going to cause you to go even further into the into depression. Um, just like Nike, just go ahead and do it. Again, just getting started. And now we're on to number six. What else can people do if they need to, if they're feeling depressed and they're wanting to start to take some steps to move forward? I think it can be really important to prioritize your energy. Um, And I conceptualize this with spoon theory, which I'm not sure if it's an actual theory, Um, but (laughs) I'll I'll kind of go into like what I mean by that. Uh, It's this idea that like when you're struggling with depression or mental health issues, you may start out with less spoons in your day than you would if you were not going through those things. So like on your best days, let's say you have 10 spoons. You use two to get ready in the morning, four to go to work, one to go to a social event, and three for chores. You're out of spoons. You you completed everything that you needed to do in that day, though, so you're good. Um, On depressed days, you might start out with six or seven instead of ten. So it can be helpful on those days to prioritize what actually needs to be done. Maybe you need to go to work and you can't miss those days but you can save the dishes for tomorrow or you can save laundry for tomorrow. Um, So prioritizing what needs to be done in that moment. And then also like finding ways to replenish your spoons because sometimes like having that self-care activity in the middle of a really bad day can leave you feeling like, okay, I feel like I can go on. (laughs) Um, so, So there are like ways to replenish those, I think. I love that. What are some things that people that you might recommend to somebody who does get really depleted and they need that they have to go to work or they have to show up for their families and they need to be able to do some good self-care and replenish those spoons? What are some things that they can do to accomplish that? Breathing is really awesome. (laughs) Um, So simple, yet we forget to do it all the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So like I remember um, there was this really heavy day a couple of years ago when something really political happened and I was at my internship and I had a minute. I just turned on like a a Spotify breathing exercise um, and I felt so much better afterwards, even though it only took like two minutes um, and I felt like a lot more ready to go back to my day. Um, But when we feel like stressed out, depleted, 
um, that breathing like slows down your physiology and makes it so you can continue a lot of the time. So that's a really great place to start. Uh, like I said, though, like I think everybody is different and everybody like can find what they need in terms of like self-care. Um, for some people, maybe it's like grabbing a cup of coffee in the morning or in the middle of the day or going for a walk. Um, but just really identifying those little pieces of self-care for when you don't have a lot of time um, can make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, something as simple and it's free, like breathing just gives you a moment to take care of yourself, to calm down your nervous system and replenish you so that you might have a little more capacity moving forward. And if you don't, that's okay too. Yeah. So finally, our last one on our list here of what people can do when they're feeling down, feeling depressed, and they want to just get started and move forward. Yeah. Um, so celebrating your wins and giving yourself compassion. Um, I think people with depression often focus on what they've done wrong or areas where they fall short rather than focusing on their successes. And for long-term healing, that needs to change. When yeah. you celebrate your wins, no matter how small they seem, you slowly start to change your belief systems about yourself and your ability to heal. Um, I think in a lot of systems, punishment is not that effective. Um, but compassion is really effective when you start to love yourself and start to say like, okay, well, I didn't get that done today, but I did my best. Um, you really start to believe that. And that's a lot more realistic than I'm a failure. Um, so beating yourself up is not going to facilitate growth in the same ways that practicing self-compassion will. Absolutely. And the idea that being punishing is effective, maybe there's a very small percent of the population that can respond well to that. However, typically, I know for myself and my clients and most of the people I know, the more, if you being upset with yourself or feeling negative about yourself or talking, having toxic dialogue in your mind was going to change your behavior, it would have changed years ago. Most of us can look at how hard we've been on ourselves and all of the bullying you know, that we do with our own thoughts and probably notice that really not a lot happens when you're in that state of mind. There isn't really any behavior change. Yeah. 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 I always like to ask the question, like, how is that working for you so far? Yeah. I almost always hear like, well, it's not. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, I'm really depressed now because I've been saying all these negative things to myself for so many years and I feel horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And like we talked a little bit earlier, sometimes when we can get out of those really negative thought loops, just like, you know, nobody loves me except for all my friends and family that are around me, um, you might start to see some things that you're doing really well. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, people start to come into sessions like feeling good about themselves and saying like, guess what I did this week? Um, and like, look, look at the people I hung out with or like went grocery shopping. Um, yeah. and like, it's amazing to see the shift from when people go from beating themselves up, saying mean things to like actually being proud of themselves. It's awesome. It's probably yeah. like one of my favorite parts about this job. <laughs> I love that. It is, it is. It's so great to see somebody shift into a, a positive mindset and really be able to, to move forward when they're struggling. So if you're struggling with depression or if you know anybody that is, you can connect with Ashlyn. Just go over to our website, anchorlighttherapy.com, and you can schedule a complimentary consultation with her because 
Ashlyn, change really is possible when you're depressed, right? Definitely. Well, thank you for joining us today here on Holding Ground. We'll be here next Tuesday at 930 uh, to talk a little bit more about everything in the world of psychotherapy and mental health. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can hear us here every Tuesday morning at 930 a.m. on KKNW. I'm Laura Richard, Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. And we'll see you next week.